Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming full moon in the sign of Libra, in the sidereal sign of Libra on April 26th. But before we get started, I do want to remind you all of my Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. And if you would like more astrology now in your week, I post every Monday. I do weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs. So if you're hoping for more specific predictions for your individual sign, again, I post those every Monday morning to prepare you for the week ahead using Vedic astrology. So getting into this upcoming full moon. So first of all, please keep in mind, I do study the Vedic sidereal zodiac. That means that I study the astronomical placement of the planets. If you would like to calculate your birth chart, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on offerings and then chart where you can calculate your Vedic sidereal birth chart and see where the planets are for you. Yes, your chart is probably going to be different if you're coming from a Western background. So please do keep that in mind. So moving forward into this full moon, and I've got to say, you guys, I have had so much (laughs) going on since this transit of Jupiter. I'm so curious to hear how this has been affecting other people. We just had a huge shift. You know, Jupiter moved out of Capricorn into the sign of Aquarius in early April. It's going to stay in Aquarius for the next year, though it's going to go retrograde, right? We're going to have a few planets going retrograde soon. Um... But for the most of the next year, okay, for the majority of the next year, Jupiter is going to be in Aquarius. And so it's a time of reflection. Notice what has been happening for you since early April. What has shifted? It could be your mindset. It could be your emotional state. It could be actual things happening to you in your environment. Um, but it's just taking time to cultivate that awareness, you know, and that subtle um, subtle consciousness of the cosmos and their influence. So it really is a good time to practice that reflection and just seeing what's been changing and shifting in your life, if at all. Um, Mars, of course, moved out of Taurus, which was a massive relief for especially Taurus and Scorpio natives. (laughs) So hopefully everyone's feeling a little bit of relief with that. Mars and Gemini is going to bring its own, you know, Mars is always going to bring its Martian qualities. But I think overall, this is going to bring a lot of relief to people. I am curious for the Aquarius and Leo natives out there, if you're Leo or Aquarius, Ascendant or Moon, how things have been affecting you. For Leo especially, I feel like this is a really sweet time. But it's always going to vary horoscope to horoscope. What planets are transiting, what your moon sign is in. We can never really make a completely solid prediction for everyone in a generalized way. We always want to look a little bit deeper to figure out what exactly is going on, you know. But overall, I think it's a pretty sweet transit. I have a lot of Leos in my life and it seems to be treating them pretty well. So hopefully if you are a Leo moon or Leo ascendant, things have been um, pretty sweet for you and working out. So moving into our full moon so first of all it feels like I haven't done one of these in forever it's so odd (laughs) I feel like I haven't done a full or new moon forecast in a really long time but I think that maybe I'm actually just like really taking my time to sit down and do this I am for those of you I've already mentioned this on my podcast before but my grandmother has been going through a hard time 
and she is my closest living relative. She's been, uh, and you know, not super close, but my closest. And so she's been having a difficult time and I've been driving to Waco, which is about an hour and a half away from Austin to see her and trying to go a couple of times a week. And then she'll have like surgeries through, you know, she'll, she'll have to have a surgery. Like she just had a surgery recently that was like barely planned. I knew about it like a day before. Um, so it's been really vata inducing and for those of you who aren't familiar vata is like the wind quality it can be a little ungrounding and so I've been really just going through the motions to get things done and get things out and and working and I feel like I'm finally coming down to the space where I feel a lot more grounded and a lot more connected and it feels really really relieving so maybe that's why maybe that's why I feel like I haven't done this a while maybe I'm just like really really present right now which is invaluable. So thank you. Thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for being here and talking about astrology with me. One of my favorite topics, probably my favorite topic. (laughs) So, all right. I know you guys are waiting for this. Let's talk about the full moon. So the full moon is taking place on April 26th, 2021, around 9.31 p.m., And keeping in mind, I am in Austin, Texas, so this is going to be central time. It will vary depending on where you are in the world, but this is going to be around 9.30 p.m. central time, April 26th. And the full moon is when the moon and the sun are directly across from one another. So the moon is receiving as much light from the sun as it can. It's completely full. That being said, the only place it can go is down, meaning that After this point of brightness, light will slowly be stripped from the moon, continuing its phase to its new moon cycle. And so the full moon is notoriously a time of letting go and releasing because as the light is stripped from the moon, it's almost like we are supported in having various aspects of our life removed for us with this energy. It's very, very helpful, very supportive. Um... On the full moon itself, the full moon will usually feel a little bit ramped up. You guys may already be feeling that. We can usually feel the effect of the full moon a few days before and a few days after. There's like a little shadow period. So you may be feeling a little restless, a little pent up with energy. People around you may be less predictable. They may be a little bit more energetic or pent up with energy. So it is something to keep an eye on. And the sun is currently in the sign of Aries in the Vedic sidereal system. And so when the sun is in Aries, it is exalted. It's in its most powerful position. And the sun is our soul. You know, it has to do a lot with Agni, which is the sacred purifying fire. It also represents our father, The sun represents authority, our own authority, what type of authority we hold in our lives, and also authority in general. You know, it can represent leadership, you know, the captain, the governor, whoever, the president can be seen with the sun. And the sign of Aries is like our individuality. And I get this question a lot when I'm teaching courses. People are like, well, what makes these signs exalted or debilitated? Why is that? Well, if the sun has to do with our power and our authority, and then Aries has to do with our individuality, 
You know, Aries is the first of the zodiac. It's the baby of the zodiac. And what is often said in Vedic astrology is that babies have to be selfish. So there is a self-centeredness that can come with Aries, especially in their earlier life. Usually it's better with time. But there can be kind of a self-focus. I want to say self-absorption, but I don't, it's not like being obsessed with themselves, but it's like they're focused on themselves. They want to do things for themselves. They want to grow. You know, Aries is a great sign. This isn't saying that they're egotistical and whatever. They can be for sure. I've seen that, <laughs> but not all of them are going to be that way. Focusing on the self, wanting to cultivate the self, putting a lot of important importance on how they show up in the world and who they are and what they complete and do. So when the sun, which is again, our authority and our power and our ego, it comes into this sign that is about the self and wants to do things are fiercely independent and pioneering, wanting to do things before anyone else does, right? The sun feels very good, feels super powerful. It can express all of these really strong, awesome qualities that it has in terms of leadership, taking control, leading the troops, you know, commanding the forces, pioneering, doing things before anyone else. So sun feels good when it comes into Aries. Super, super powerful. The sun is also currently with Uranus. Uranus is very revolutionary. You know, it's also sudden events can be shocking. So, you know, we may see a lot of different leaders stand up, a lot of different leaders stand up for what they believe in. I think we're already seeing that now, you know, because the sun's going to be here for an entire month. So we're going to see leaders standing up and speaking out for what they believe in. It could be unplanned. It could be unpredictable. But a lot of it is going to have this revolutionary aspect to it. Like we need a change. We need a big change, you know. The moon is in the sign of Libra. Libra is the sign opposite of Aries. So, you know, Aries is like, I am going to do this for myself. I am the leader. I will take charge. <laughs> Libra is like, well, what do you guys think? <laughs> what do you all want to do? I want the opinion of everybody. And, you know, Libra makes a great leader too. They're just very, very diplomatic and they want to have the opinions of other people. They want to have the insight of other people. They, they're much more the type to lead with you know, they want to lead with other people. And Libra is also very harmonious. They represent balance. You know, the scales is the symbol for Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, which in and of itself is uh, diplomacy. Okay. So the moon is going to be sitting in Libra, which is really doing a lot to kind of balance out this energy. And the other thing about Libra is it is about relationship, it's the seventh sign. There's a natural connection to the seventh house, which is marriage partners, relationship, business partners. And so with the sun holding this powerful position of the self and the moon holding this powerful position of the other, this full moon is an incredible time to think about relationships. And this could be a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be a business partner. It's really about how we relate to the other how do we maintain and fortify a sense of self and individuality you know the role we're playing in this life and in relationship to the other and we're going to talk about this a lot because the moon is in the sign of libra but more specifically it's in the nakshatra of swati 
And Swati is a really interesting nakshatra to be in Libra because it's actually the most independent nakshatra in Libra. It's represented by a single blade of grass that's swaying in the wind. So there's a lot to do with flexibility and also resiliency that's seen with this nakshatra. And the ruler of Swati is Vayu, which is the wind god. He rules over prana and breath, our life force energy. And what's even more interesting about Vayu is that he resides inside the heart chakra. It's really interesting. You know, we have this star, this nakshatra, this lunar mansion that's all about independence and <laughs> being this single blade of grass that's very flexible and movable. But then there's also this really strong connection to the heart, you know, and what resides in the heart. What is the heart connected to? It's, it's our love, our compassion. And it could be for other people. It could also be for the divine, of course, you know. A friend and I have been talking a lot recently about the guru in the heart, which is essentially like our inner compass that's directly connected to the divine. And so that's what I think about. When I think about residing in the heart, I think about that space of purity and inner knowing, you know. And I talk a lot on this podcast about connecting to the greater I, you know, like independent of the ego, but, and, <laughs> because we should always be trying to see that and stay connected to it, and understanding our individual role in this life, you know, who we are here to play. Because if we get too far into this idea that, that we're completely separate, or we're completely the same, and, um, you know, if we get too far disconnected from an ego, it is, we have to have some level of connection to our role in this life so that we can get things done, right? And we all have a very specific role that we're needing to play. We all have a very specific purpose in this life. And it's really important to gain clarity on that. And Vedic astrology is so profoundly helpful for it. I mean, that's, in my opinion, what it's all about is finding out what role we're supposed to be playing, what we're going to be good at, what our karma is, what what do we need to learn in this life. So there is a level of that that needs to be embraced. It's just I think that it's so important to also always be striving to our connection to the greater self with a capital S. But anyway, so discussing Aries and Libra and this full moon in Libra, I think that this is such a powerful time to think about our relationships our connections, our independence, our authority. And I was listening to a profound teacher speak recently, David Frawley, and he was talking about how the people in our lives that are very close to us, we integrate into our psyche. It's like we start to become the people who we are with most often. And so when we're focusing on this beautiful moon, in the sign of Libra, which is about the other, and Aries, which is about the self, we can contemplate who do we want to be and what type of environment do we need to cultivate for that? If every, if the people in our lives who are closest to us are going to be integrated into who we are, who do we want to be? What type of people do we want to surround ourselves with? 
is this operating for our greater good? You know, are the people in our lives, is the environment that we're choosing optimal for what we are trying to achieve as individual jivas, individual living beings? And it can be a hard question to ask. It can be a difficult thing to look at, you know, and I don't think that it necessarily means that if there's someone in our life who may be bringing less positive influences into our life that we should cut them out, but maybe establishing better boundaries, you know, maybe establishing different types of time restraints with these people or whatever. Um, so that is one way to think about it. But then the other thing to contemplate is who we are in our center versus who we express ourselves as <laughs> versus how others interpret us versus how we believe others interpret us. Okay, so I'm going to break that down again. There's who we are at our center. And then there's the person that we express to the outer world. And unfortunately, those are not always in alignment. Depending on our trauma, difficult circumstances, life circumstances, sometimes we don't feel the freedom to express who we really are on the inside. An example of that may be there may be this really tender, sensitive, compassionate, emotional person inside. But for whatever reason, when, when, you're con when we are confronted with an argument or a challenging situation, we choose to be aggressive and angry and push people away, even though on the inside, we have compassion, we have love and we have understanding. But it's a coping strategy to act contrary to that. Another example of that may be on the inside, you really don't want to drink. You want to be sober, you want to be clear. But for whatever reason, in the external circumstance, you feel that it's necessary to be intoxicated. It's necessary to be inebriated in some way. Even though on the inside, you didn't really want to drink, you didn't really want to do that, but you didn't act in alignment with what you really wanted on the inside. Okay, so do you see what I'm saying? There's who you are on the inside, your desires, your mission, your goal, who you perceive yourself to be. And then there's this person who is presented on the outside. And all of us do this. All of us do this to some extent. It takes a lot of practice to constantly be in connection, you know, and be congruent. But I will say that lack of congruence is responsible for a lot of suffering. The more congruent that we can get, the more that we can act from a space of authenticity and sincerity, the easier our life becomes, the more loved we feel because we're being loved for who we really feel ourselves to be. We feel more connected. We feel more at ease. We feel more at peace. We feel happier with ourselves. We feel more loving to ourselves. It just happens naturally. So be thinking about that. It's really, really important. I struggled with this for a really long time. And I mean, I still do. I'm a human, you know. Um, but it's something that I know well. <laughs> and there is a way through it or partially through it to, to a more harmonious way of being if this is something that you're struggling with. Um, and I have hope, you know, that there's always more room to grow and more ways to show up and authenticity and more ways to show up in full alignment with myself and ourselves. So those are two 
who we are at our center, who we are presenting. Then there is the person who other people perceive us to be. And this is when things get really interesting because we could come into contact with five different people and each of those five people are going to view us through their paradigm, their unique experiences, their perception, their opinions. All of those five people are going to interact with a totally different person. They're going to see different things, value different things, and interpret us in a different way. So there are five living realities, which is so incredibly fascinating. And we can't do a whole lot to control those things. We can openly communicate. We can ask questions. We can be curious. We can certainly take the time and effort to try to explain and express where we're coming from. Super, super helpful and super ideal and this is usually something that happens with our closer people you know with our intimate people with our with our close friends or our business partners or our loved ones we can't really we can't really control what the cashier thinks of us you know we can't really control what a few of our acquaintances think unless we really want to devote this time and effort into trying to get on the same page and even then we can't really ensure that they're going to see us the same way that we're hoping that they will. So that's something to consider. Then there exists how we believe people perceive us. So our significant other, they are going to perceive us a certain way, then we interpret how they see us. They could come to us and be like, hey, I noticed a dish was out. Will you, uh, will you wash that? And then in our head, oh my God, they think I'm irresponsible. They don't see everything else I do. They think I'm incompetent. When in their mind, we may be totally responsible and competent. They just wanted us to wash this dish. <laughs> so there are so many dimensions to relationship and to how we encounter other people. And it's so good to strengthen our awareness of this because it can decrease so much reactivity, so much frustration, so much anger. It kind of puts us in this place of, compassion, you know, and gentleness, and patience, because we don't know what these people are thinking. We really don't, unless we ask. And so I think it's a wonderful time to reflect on these areas of our life where maybe we try to play mind reader. We try to assume what other people are thinking about us. We try to guess the opinions of other people based off of limited interaction or a word or a phrase or whatever so is it possible to release some this isn't something that happens overnight right but it's a good time to kind of begin practicing this is it possible to release the desire to assume assuming what people think assuming your loved one thought that you were incompetent because of asking you to clean the dish is it possible to release the desire to assume is it possible to release the desire to mind read and to have our partner or people in our life mind read us? You know, people cannot give us what we want if we don't ask. And I think that as soon as we can really integrate that into our lives, everything becomes so much easier. How many cryptic texts do we send? I, I have sent so many cryptic texts in my life. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe we can do what you want to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I was I was kind of hoping to do this, but it's okay if we don't. And then maybe we don't. And then I get upset because I said it's okay if we don't. 
Let me give you a clear example. Okay. So my significant other texts me, asks me what I want to do for the evening. And I say, well, I was kind of hoping to spend time together, but it's, it's totally okay if not. I know you're busy. And they come back and say, hey, you know, thanks. I actually am really busy. Maybe we can spend time together later in the week. But on the inside, I really, really, really wanted to spend time together. It was really important to me. My partner had been busy this entire past week. I haven't seen them in five days. I really wanted to see them. But I didn't ask for it. I said, it's okay if we didn't. My partner said, okay, well, maybe we can see each other later on. It's not fair for me to get mad at my partner and expect them to read my mind and know what I'm thinking and feeling. What's fair is for me to say, hey, I want to see you. I want to spend time with you. And then what happens after that is going to be more indicative, you know, of the circumstance and how the relationship dynamic is working. But I didn't even give my partner a chance to give me what I wanted if I didn't directly ask for it. So it's so important to be able to ask for what we want and communicate clearly and reduce the whole mind reading thing of I'm hoping you're going to guess what I want or I'm going to guess what you want. You know, sometimes that will happen as well where maybe my person is saying, hey, wow, what a rough day. I'm so tired. And then I say, oh, okay, okay, yeah, we don't have to spend time together. No problem. Uh, I hope you have a nice evening. I think that the optimal response or the preferred response would be, oh, I hear you're tired. Is there anything I can do to support you? And do you still want to spend time together this evening? Ask, you know, there's no need to mind read. Ask flat out, understand where they're coming from. Is it possible with this full moon to release the desire to make assumptions about the people in our lives? I know I keep on using romantic relationship, but it could also be our friends and our family members. We assume things about our family all the time. That's an entire other can of worms. But is it possible to release the desire to assume? Is it possible to release the desire to mind read? And taking time to reflect on the congruence of who we are inside versus who we are expressing ourselves to be. And the steps that we take to gain clarity in that, you know. And I was talking to somebody recently and I was saying, like, you've got to ask for what you want. You know, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to the people around you who love you and, and want to help, want to serve you if you're not asking for what you want. And they were saying, well, I don't even really know what I want. And I was like, yeah, sometimes knowing what we want is really hard. And so it's our responsibility. It's no one else's responsibility. It's not the people in our lives' responsibility to guess what we want. It's our responsibility to decide and figure out what we want and how to ask for it. That's our job. And this is when that Aries energy comes in, right, of the self, of understanding the self, the personal ego, the role we're playing in this life. We have to figure out who we are in this life, what we want, what our needs are, and how to ask for that so that we can promote better harmony and fulfill our relationships, you know, and this is, this is just it. Like, this is the gold. If we don't know what we want, if we aren't connected to ourselves, if we don't really know who we are, there is no relationship with ourselves. There is no relationship to build off of. That's the foundation. 
understanding ourselves, knowing what our needs are, knowing how we want to perceive ourselves, how we want others to perceive us, what we represent, our values, our virtues, who we are at our center. Once we form that relationship, it forms a foundation so that we can build really strong, solid, amazing connection with everyone in our life, however they show up. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be an intimate partner. But I hope that on this full moon, this is what you can keep in mind. Really focusing on building and cultivating this beautiful, amazing relationship with yourself. With the amazing, beautiful, worthy, talented, unique role and individual, Jiva, that you are in this life. So that you may have these sweeter, more harmonious, more authentic, healthy relationships. And releasing from your life what may be preventing that. And I I suggested a few ideas, but no one knows your life better than you do. So maybe take time to sit down and contemplate what you need to release, what you need to let go of, so that these really important aspects of life can come to fruition. And if you're interested in knowing how this full moon is going to direct you Personally, I am going to release a podcast on Monday on my Patreon account talking about the full moon for each of the 12 zodiac signs. So again, it's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. I am taking a break from doing readings, um, but I am accepting applications for the Vedic guidance consultations. So if you're interested in working with me long term to overcome any roadblocks or challenges in your life, utilizing life coaching strategies, as well as Vedantic practices such as yoga, Ayurveda, and Jyotish, or your Vedic astrology chart, definitely check it out. Again, it's at innerknowing.yoga. Go to offerings and Vedic guidance consultations, and you can fill out the application. Um, It's just been so much fun getting to work with people in this capacity and using their Vedic chart as a touchstone for healing. So again, if you need to contact me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow Astrology Now's Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and I will talk to you all very soon. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.